Welcome to the Skeptic's Guide to Emergency Medicine. Meet em, greet em, treat em, and street em. Today's date is November 16th, 2022, and I'm your skeptical host, Dennis Wren, and this is another installment of SGEM Peds. And the title of today's podcast is Take Me Out Tonight. I don't want to perforate my appendix, all right? Our guest skeptic today is Dr. Angelica Despain, who is an assistant professor of pediatrics and a pediatric emergency medicine physician at Baylor College of Medicine Children's Hospital of San Antonio in San Antonio, Texas. Angelica, welcome to the show. Hello, Dennis. So excited to be here today. Thank you for having me on the show. And I understand you brought us a case today of a kiddo with some belly pain. Yes. So for you today, I have a 10-year-old boy. He comes to the emergency department with right lower quadrant pain for the past two days. He's also had some nausea, vomiting, loss of appetite, no fevers. You order an ultrasound and you find that he has an acute appendicitis without evidence of perforation or an appendicolith. His white blood cell count is 11,000 and his C-reactive protein is mildly elevated. Now, after you tell the family the news, the parents express concern about their child having surgery. They ask you and the surgeon, does he absolutely need surgery or can we treat this with medication alone? The SGM has covered diagnosing appendicitis using speed bumps, a clinical decision instrument, and point-of-care ultrasound in the past. The current standard of care for non-perforated acute appendicitis is immediate laparoscopic appendectomy. However, over the last decade, non-operative treatment of appendicitis with antibiotics alone has become an alternative treatment option for non-perforated acute appendicitis. These authors call this alternative non-operative management of uncomplicated acute appendicitis. And the SGEM has looked at the evidence for non-operative treatment of appendicitis in adults a few times, including SGEM 115, SGEM 256, and SGEM 345. We have also looked at it specifically in children with pediatric general surgeon and rock star, Dr. Ross Fisher, with an episode called The First Cut is the Deepest. In adults, randomized control trials suggest that non-operative management with antibiotics alone may be a reasonable treatment approach for individuals without appendicolith. Although up to 39% of patients may experience failure by the five-year mark, in children, there have been two randomized and several non-randomized prospective trials. Most recently, the two prospective pediatric studies published their five-year data and observed a five-year year failure rate of non-operative management of 30 to 40 percent, which is pretty similar. The shift from immediate operative management to now up to three in 10 cases being treated with IV antibiotics leaves a lot of questions as to whether non-operative management is an appropriate option for non-perforated pediatric acute appendicitis. So Angelica, what's the clinical question we're trying to answer today? How do the risks and complications compare between non-operative management versus immediate operative intervention for acute non-perforated appendicitis? And there are actually four questions these authors were trying to address with this paper. Talk about overachieving. But they were, number one, what are the trends in non-operative management of non-perforated acute appendicitis? Question two, what are the early and late treatment failure rates associated with it? Question three, 
How does subsequent healthcare utilization compare between children undergoing immediate operative management versus those undergoing non-operative management? And the final question was, how do the rates of perforated appendicitis and post-surgical complications compare between children undergoing immediate operative management and those who experience failure with non-operative management? What's the reference we're talking about here? So today we're going to look at Lipset's article, Non-Operative Management of Uncomplicated Appendicitis, that was published in Pediatrics in 2022. Let's look at the PCOT questions. What was the population that they were looking at? Well, this study looked at all children under 19 years of age seen across 47 emergency departments in the Pediatric Health Information System. That's the FIS database. From January 2011 through March 2020, who are ascribed a primary diagnosis of appendicitis based on ICD-9 and ICD-10 codes. Now, to increase specificity of this case definition, the study only included patients who either underwent appendectomy or received parental antibiotics during the index visit. This study excluded patients with complex chronic conditions and those with a previous visit with a diagnosis of acute appendicitis or a procedure code for an appendectomy. Now, this would exclude prior cases of non-operative management as well. And what was the intervention? It was non-operative management of non-perforated acute appendicitis. And the comparison? We compared it to appendectomy for non-perforated acute appendicitis. All right. And so when it comes to the outcomes, because they had four questions they were trying to answer, we are actually not sure what their primary versus secondary outcomes were. They're all just outcomes. Well, let's go through each one of them. So the first thing they looked at was trends in non-operative management. The second thing we looked at, treatment failure rate for non-operative management divided into early, which they defined as less than or equal to 14 days, compared to late, which was greater than 14 days, and also the one two, and five-year failure rates. The third thing the article looked at was subsequent healthcare utilization for non-operative management versus immediate management. And the fourth thing, rates of perforated appendicitis and post-surgical complications between children undergoing immediate operative management versus those who opted for non-operative management. And what kind of study was this, Angelica? It was a retrospective cohort study using data obtained from the FIS database. And can you tell us what the author's conclusions were? They came to the conclusion that non-operative management of non-perforated pediatric appendicitis is increasing. Although the majority of children who undergo non-operative management remain recurrence-free years later, they actually carry up substantial risks of perforation at the time of recurrence and may experience a higher rate of post-operative complications than children who offer undergoing the immediate appendectomy. So now we have to go through our quality checklist. Question number one. Did the study address a clearly focused issue? Yes. Did the authors use an appropriate method to answer their question? Yes. I think the authors did the best they could with a retrospective review using a large database. However, the study is not without limitations, which we'll talk about later. Do you think the cohort was recruited in an acceptable manner? Yes, I think so. 
And was the exposure accurately measured to minimize bias? Mm, unsure. So the authors use ICD-9 and ICD-10 codes for acute appendicitis and associated surgical procedures. We want to acknowledge the efforts the authors took to improve specificity of case definitions of acute appendicitis. The authors only included patients who underwent appendectomy or received parental antibiotics during the index visit. But with any large database study using ICD-9 and 10 codes, it's always possible that some encounters were not coded accurately. Do you think the outcome was accurately measured to minimize bias? Unsure. Have the authors identified all important confounding factors? Also unsure. Based on the nature of the information that was available in the database, they did not have access to clinical data, laboratory results, radiographic findings. They also did not assess biases in coding. Do you think the follow-up of subjects was complete enough? Unsure about this one as well, Dennis. Due to the nature of the FIS database, patients were only able to be followed up if care was sought in the same hospital or a hospital within the FIS database network. How precise do you think the results are? Unsure, Dennis. Due to nature of patients being able to go to other hospitals, and as a large database study, there's a lot of reliance on accurate coding at each encounter. So do you believe the results? Yes, I do. And do you think these results can be applied to the local population? See, this one is a little tough as well. We do not have a distribution of where non-operative management is more widely practiced in the country. In addition, this study was done with children at children's hospitals, when, in reality, a lot of acute appendicitis management operatively or non-operatively done at community hospitals. Do the results of this study fit with other available evidence? Yes, that it does. And can you tell us a little bit about the funding of the study? Were there any conflicts of interest? No, none. And the author stated that they had no conflicts of interest relevant to this article to disclose. Okay, now let's move on to the results. They included 73,544 patients who had non-perforated appendicitis in the study group. About 86% of those underwent appendectomy at the index visit, and 14% underwent non-operative management. The median age was 11.4 years, and 61.2% were male. Can you tell us what the key result was, Angelica? So the key result was that non-operative management for acute non-perforated appendicitis has grown in popularity. It is associated with a risk of perforation at the time of failure, higher risk of subsequent healthcare utilization, and slightly higher rates of post-surgical complications. All right, so now let's talk about the outcomes, and we'll just talk about all four of them in order. So starting with the trends, what do they find? They found that non-operative management increased from 2.7% in 2011 to 33% in 2020 with an odds ratio about 1.1 per study quarter. And what about the failure rate? In this study, 2,084, which was approximately 20% of the study population, failed non-operative management. And the median time to failure was two days with an interquartile range of one to five days. 18% had early failure and 1.7% had late failure. 
45% had perforated appendicitis with non-operative management when they recurred versus 38% of those who presented initially at their index visit had non-perforated acute appendicitis. Lastly, the failure rates at one, two, and five years. At one year, it was about 19%. At two years, also 19%. And at five years, 23%. And what about their subsequent healthcare utilization? Non-operative management had a higher rate of ED visits, 8% versus 5%. Higher rates of hospitalization, 4% versus 1.4%. And higher subsequent need for abdominal imaging that included both ultrasound and CT. Okay, and their last outcome, the post-surgical complications and perforated appendicitis. What do they find? Higher risk of post-surgical complications within 12 months. 1.9% for the non-operative management group versus 1.2% for the immediate management group. Yikes! I mean, these results do not really paint a pretty picture for non-operative management of appendicitis, do they? But things are not always what they seem. Angelica, you ready for my favorite section? You ready to talk nerdy? Oh, yes, Dennis. Let's go. All right, here we go. You're up first. Let's talk about the accuracy of the coding. All right. So this was a retrospective study with a large database, the FIS database. And while it houses a tremendous amount of data, there are limitations to its use. It relies on accuracy and coding and data that is inputted by all the hospitals that contribute to it. The non-perspective and non-randomized nature of this study leaves a lot to clinician preference and coding. Additionally, it may not capture some nuanced situations. Yeah, for example, if the family opted for non-operative management, but the child perforated at the initial visit, it is possible that the patients were coded as perforated appendicitis and therefore not included in this study. Another example is if the family opted for non-operative management, which failed on the initial visit and was taken to the OR, that patient may have been coded as immediate surgical management. Our second point that we want to bring up is selection bias. With the transition of ICD-9 to ICD-10 coding during the study period, the authors chose to exclude hospitals that demonstrated an absolute change of 50% in the rate of either perforated appendicitis or non-operative management. Now, this was made under the assumption that these shifts were likely due to coding errors and excluded about 21% of patients who met inclusion criteria. Now, was this assumption correct? And how did they choose this cutoff of 50%? Why not 30 or 40? Was it too conservative or was it too lenient? How would the hospitals whose patients were excluded by this decision have impacted the data? We don't really know the answer to that. All right. And now to talk about subsequent encounters, Dennis. This study evaluated whether there were any subsequent encounters for patients who opted for non-operative management. But what if the patient did not return to the initial hospital where they received treatment? There is a portion of pediatric acute appendicitis that is managed in the community and not at academic centers. There is a chance these patients may have been missed and skew the results to make it appear like non-operative management actually did better. 
They did include subsequent related emergency department visits for complaints of abdominal pain, vomiting, diarrhea, and dehydration in their analysis. Now, I'm not certain how they made the determination that these visits were related to appendicitis. The fourth point we want to talk about is the clinical data. As mentioned before, the FIS database contains a lot of information, but does not contain any clinical information. And clinical judgment is one of the pillars of evidence-based medicine. What were the reasons that some cases of appendicitis underwent non-operative management versus laparoscopic appendectomy? What were the other clinical, laboratory, or radiographic findings that influenced management decisions? For those patients that were included in the treatment failure population, how many of those had elective interval appendectomies versus true recurrences? What were the histiopathologic findings after the appendix was removed? We do not have that information, Dennis. The last point that we want to make is about standard of care. Laparoscopic appendectomy is the current standard of care for non-perforated appendicitis. But nonetheless, we are seeing a growing trend towards non-operative management. Keep in mind that the standard of care does not necessarily mean that it is the best care based on the evidence. It is important for us to keep questioning. And maybe there is a subset of children with acute non-perforated appendicitis who can safely avoid surgical intervention with minimal risk. Until then, we should acknowledge the limitations of what we know and engage in shared decision-making with the family. Angelica, can you comment on the author's conclusions compared to the SGEM conclusions? We have to acknowledge the author's conclusion that there's an increasing trend toward non-operative management of acute non-perforated appendicitis. The associated risks and complications should be interpreted within the limitations of this study. As one of my colleagues, Dr. Jendi Haug, at the Children's Hospital of San Antonio, Mama Four puts it, if you choose non-operative management, would you feel like your child is a ticking time bomb? And when your child eats a bean burrito and has a stomach ache, will you be rushing back to the emergency department every single time because you cannot tell if it's the bean burrito or a perforated appendicitis? If you're okay with that, then you can choose non-operative management. A bean burrito, Angelica? We're in Texas, y'all. Fair enough. I'm going to offer a counterpoint, though. Although this study suggests that there is around 20% failure rate of non-operative management, the flip side means that 80% do totally fine. So the decision should take into account the comfort and risk tolerance of the family. Can you give us the SGEM bottom line? Despite the growing practice of non-operative management for non-perforated appendicitis, it may be associated with increased risk of perforation and other complications. And can you resolve the case for us? So you go and you reevaluate the patient, and he has a soft abdomen. He is non-toxic appearing, and his pain is minimal. The parent has discussed non-operative management and surgical management with the surgeon and has elected for non-operative management. You admit the patient on IV antibiotics to the surgical service for monitoring. Angelica, how are you going to apply this clinically? So the trend is increasing for non-operative management of uncomplicated acute appendicitis. For those undergoing non-operative management, 
treatment failure will occur in approximately 20% of patients and is most likely to occur within the first five days. Among those with non-operative management failure, almost half will present with perforated appendicitis and may experience more surgical complications and increased healthcare utilization. It is possible that our patients might not even know that they had an acute appendicitis if they represent in the emergency department with abdominal pain and after being treated non-operatively. They will not have an abdominal surgical scar. So we should be aware that non-operative management is prevalent and these patients may be at higher risk for complications from a perforated appendicitis. So what are you going to tell the parents? So treating uncomplicated acute appendicitis with antibiotics is a reasonable choice. You should be aware that there is a chance that treating with antibiotics alone will not work and your child could still need surgery in the future. In those cases, there tends to be more complications such as the appendix being perforated. Alternatively, your child could do totally fine. Well, Angelica, thank you for joining us on SGMPEDS. Thank you, Dennis, for having me on the show. Before we go, can you give us the SGEM tagline? Remember to be skeptical of anything you learn, even if you heard it on The Skeptic's Guide to Emergency Medicine. Talk to everyone later.